Hi, I'm John. I'm Colin. I'm Paul, by the way. This is Hold Up, the show where we review movies from long ago or not so long ago and see if they hold up. Cue the theme music! Advice, should I go to the reunion? Yes, yes, get out of town. Thank you. Go see some old friends. Have some punch. Visit with what's her name? Debbie. Debbie. Don't kill anybody for a few days. See what it feels like. I'll give it a shot. No, no, don't give it a shot. Don't shoot anything. All right, so today we're going to talk about Gross Point Blank. This is a nifty little uh, movie from 1996-97 with John Cusack and Minnie Driver um, about a hitman who starts to have a little bit of sense of morality about what he does for a living and attends his 10-year high school reunion. Yeah, and Jane, his sister Joan's in it too. Joan's in it too. Yeah, She's actually Jane. awesome in this movie. I love the cast. I like John Cusack. I love Joan Cusack in anything. She's hilarious. She's likable. She's fantastic, colorful, animated. I love Minnie Driver. Alan Arkin's fantastic. Dan Aykroyd. How can anyone dislike Dan Aykroyd? This is one of my favorite roles for Dan Aykroyd. And Hank Azaria. Several so of many solid b- b- people. B- 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 popcorn. Like, what? That's <laughs> only, so good. The only person I hate is Jeremy Piven, but that's, I mean, that's a And gimmick. this might be Jeremy Piven's best role. Yeah, okay. Least Having offensive. said all that, so many fantastic, likable people, and the movie for a comedy is flat for me. There's no laughs. The premise is fantastic. On paper, this movie should be a, a home run without question. And it's like, nothing really happens. He shows up. He still kind of likes Minnie Driver. She obviously likes him. He left. He's harassed by another hitman who wants to form a union. So as far as the humor goes, I'll agree that nothing had me rolling on the floor laughing, but I did laugh quite a bit. I, I was amused. I was amused the whole movie. I don't think this is the kind of comedy, like, it's not The Hangover. It's not um, the Bridesmaids one. Like, those are ones I was like... Right. Yeah, and it doesn't really have those kind of gross-out moments like those movies have. But I was smiling the whole time I was watching it, especially his interaction between Alan Arkin and the whole therapy thing. I, one of my favorite to scenes... to me goes nowhere. Too. One of my favorite scenes is, is the first scene between the two of them where, where Alan Arkin's incredibly uncomfortable with him being there and doesn't want him there. And he's forcing therapy, which I think is in, still incredibly funny and works. You want to talk about dreams? We'll talk about dreams. <laughs> <laughs> I just love Alan Arkin. Yeah, he yeah. is fantastic. That's what I'm saying. I, I um, love the whole cast, but the movie is just and then flat. Dan Aykroyd <clears throat> wanting to start the union. I mean, he's trying to control the hitman trade so he can get rid of his competition. The diner scene is one, I think, yeah. that I wanted to talk about a bit more just because there's some, there's some hilarity in here. And every time that John Cusack and... Dan Aykroyd get together in this movie. They're always hands on the guns and, and kind of pacing around and, and gauging each other. It's just really fun in the restaurant. It's a real duo. It's always, they're always trying to get the upper hand and the, the, the dialogue is always, I always think is funny. Yeah, they're trying to order the food and the... That to me was the funniest part was he orders the, the food. The waitress. The egg white omelet. Or what does he say? He wants, a, he wants an egg white omelet with nothing, with nothing in, in it. it. And she says that's... That's uh, not really an omelet. And he's like, I don't want to get in a semantical argument. about. I, I just, just want, want the, the protein. protein. <laughs> That's one of the best line in the movie. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And the best scene. And for a movie that, to me, doesn't have a lot of jokes or a lot of stick with you humor that you're quoting next week that's that's one of the few gems i think yeah and another one would be when he's outside the bar with his girlfriend his ex-girlfriend and, and she asks about his cat and he calls it it and she says you call it it is it where a girl and he's like i respect its privacy <laughs> <laughs> so i feel like his character had a lot of those and i i know paul you said it it wasn't that funny but 
all right, his character was flat. And I, I, I agree with you. His, he, his character is a bit flat. I, no, I but... think the, the movie to me is flat. Like the premise is funny. The characters are funny. Zany. But, yeah. yeah. But there's, I, I don't know. As a comedy, I don't think his it's His deadpan. Enough. He's And dead, I honestly, he's... and I say this sincerely, I want to like that movie. I want to love that movie because I like everybody in it. I like the premise of it. But it, I just, I shrug my shoulders whenever I finish watching And it. I understand what you say about it being a one-joke movie. I feel like that's a 100% a valid point. It is a one-joke movie, but I also feel like following the characters around in that one joke is, it was enough for me. Like, I love when he closes down shop. And she's, uh, what's his sister's name, Joan? She's hammering the hard drive with a hammer, and she's, like, so excited. And she's like, yeah! And she takes a call. She's like, hello? Yeah, and then she's... <laughs> Pouring gasoline all over the room. Please, Hollywood, please cast Joan in more movies and TV shows. Mm. If we go back to Minnie Driver, who I also really like, mm -hmm. I, my, one of the complaints I had with her character was she wasn't dynamic enough. She was basically the same girl that uh, Mr. Kuzak left when he left town, when he left high school. Yeah. And she was almost kind of weak in the fact that she didn't progress at all. It's like she was this... The same high school do girl doing the same job. Still pining, living at home. Still living at home, pining away from the same guy. And it was like, it, I think it would have been stronger if she would have gone a little bit life. further yeah. in life yeah. and maybe had to make sacrifices. You know, That's when a great John point. comes back, instead of he comes back and she's just sitting there waiting for him like a dog. That, that's a great point. They, they, I 100% agree with you that they went the wrong direction. They explain it in dialogue, which is weak, where she says her apartment burnt down in, on Hell oh, Night. Oh, right, yeah. And she was married, I believe, and got divorced. Oh, right. But, was she? Yes, she was. And it's, that's why I'm saying it's badly done. Paul's right. If she... It's, it's bad writing. Still had some hangs of it. They, they wanted to put her in those situations, but say that she, she'd failed at a couple of things and kind of reverted back to this. Let me throw out a question for you. You guys feel free to jump on me and beat the shit out of me if I'm completely out to lunch here. Get ready. Would it have been a stronger movie if John would have been, had it would have been her that he was supposed to be killing instead of her dad? But that seems even more like a coincidence. No, no, I, but he had no intention of going back to rekindling in a, in a relationship with her. His goal was to go there in the first place just to kill her. And maybe over the course of the movie, he falls in love with her again. Is that stupid? That would have changed quite a bit. I think the fact that he was going to kill her dad. I, made I, it, I made feel it like I'm drowning and I'm just desperate to get this movie to be better than it is for me personally. I hear what you're saying. No, I, and I don't feel that way, but I know why you're saying it. It's like I'm, I'm flailing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know is the answer. I don't think it changes enough to to pull together what you don't like about the movie. Okay. I'm I'm still fine with how it is, so that's why I'm not really jumping to come to something to change it. Um, let's talk about the the other kind of crux of the movie, which is the dance, the whole reunion dance itself. Yeah, they they spend a lot. I like that they actually did the reunion thing and like focused on it a lot. And I, I, I feel like it got dark when he kills that guy in the hallway with the pen. The way they directed it and the way that he, the look on his face and the, for some reason that movie took a really, like it showed his darkness for the, for the first time since the beginning of the movie, like when he'd killed that guy, which I don't know if it fit the movie, but it almost felt like the movie was a bit muddled when, when those scenes came up. But his darkness doesn't continue, though. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, That's why I feel yeah. like it might be a little muddled. But I don't. What do you mean by darkness? Because he's instantly when remorseful he, when it's when that when he after he kills the guy and he's sitting there and and then she comes up 
right away. I'm just saying for body. a comedy, if he would have thrown him off a balcony or something like that, but instead he stabs him with a pen, the guy Super fla- cold. flails and he like sits there and stares while he dies for a com- And then the rest of the killings seem to be almost campy or comedy, even mm. like when they're the house, when he's shooting everyone. So that seemed very serious. So I just feel like they weren't sure what they were trying to do a, a little bit of, in this movie. Interesting. Yeah. Like, is it a comedy or is it a drama? And so I feel like that was a bit dramatic for a comedy. And I also feel they did a good job in this one at the dance, establishing the old mm-hmm. characters from his school. And I love, it I had love a John Hughes feel to it. That, that yeah, scene. I love sure. how his friend w- is in love with the, the prom queen. Uh, he gets to dance with her. Yeah, too. he does. Yeah. What's Jeremy Piven? He he's in love with her and she snubs him, doesn't say hello. And then it all brings back all those feelings of being a loser. And, but he uh, perseveres. He's dancing with her at the end, and she's and the, into it. And the cokehead asshole, um, he he has that great confrontation, which is I think is my favorite scene where they have the confrontation in the hallway, and the guy pulls out a poem, and he when I'm feeling blue. And I love how to because you know him. what there are people like that, and I've actually been in a situation very similar to that. It's not a huge stretch of the imagination yeah, to have the bully or the asshole, or the jock <laughs> douchebag. And he's a crybaby drunk. It, it's yeah. a, and it's good writing. And I also love how John Cusack at first seems seems compassionate and willing to listen to his poem. But when he hears the first line, he realizes this is going to be awful. So he's yeah. like, why don't you just skip to the end yeah. there, buddy? Yeah. One of the, probably one of the best moments of that film. I think and it the is. the end of that poem is so profound. For a while. <laughs> <laughs> and he, then he puts his finger up for a pause and goes, for, for a while. while. But um, that scene, so my three favorite scenes would be that scene, the diner scene, and probably the shootout at the end. Yeah, I... I, um, Popcorn. I like at the dance when someone comes up behind John Cusack, one of his old friends or whatever, and puts a hand on his shoulder, and he immediately, like, (laughs) judos him to the ground, twists his arm, and he's like, oh, shit, so sorry. (laughs) Like, so those kind of things, just the humor keeps kind of popping for me, and and John Cusack's just dry delivery and wit. It, like he's got that secret and no one else knows and he flat out just trying to tell them everybody the whole movie that he's a hitman and no one no one believes him yeah i don't know that that part i liked and i don't i don't think too hard about this movie i think yeah making mini driver's character a bit more complex would have added a nice element to this movie his justifications for it when he explains it to her too I, I i love that scene where he's talking about like um having a mantra and you have to have something to hold on to and some people kill indiscriminately in carpet bomb cities. He's like, I don't do that. I don't do that. Yeah. I kill. I, only I kill, kill bad indiscriminately. People. I and kill then for she, money. She, yeah. yeah, no. So she calls him a bad psych- people for money. She calls him a, so, a, a psychopath, and he says, No, 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 no. Psychopaths kill for no reason. I kill for money. And he's like, No, that was wrong. Yeah, and he keeps see, <laughs> and I love that because that's his internal struggle where he can't explain it in a way that makes sense. Nothing he says is a justification of what he does. No, absolutely. And, and I agree. That's, that's great. I think that kind of helps him come to terms with it. Uh, yeah. Over, over it's time. a good bridge scene for him to want to give up, but then he kills a bunch of people, but yeah. to save his girl. So does it hold up Colin? Yeah. It holds up for me. I still, I still think it's good comedy. I, I could, I'll watch that once a year. Probably if it's on TV, I'd stop and watch it. I'm still waiting for those ce- that handful of scenes that I like in it. I like the therapist stuff. I, I think it holds up to good, good, good comedy, good action, good enough action for sure. And I don't love the very end ending, the driving off into the sunset stuff, but it doesn't ruin it for me. And maybe if you ended it with her just saying, okay, thanks for saving us, but I'm still not into someone who kills people or has killed people for a or living. If you, or if you left it as a question mark, so you don't find out that they get back together and then the audience once again gets to decide instead of the arbitrary shot of them in the driving down the freeway in a, in a convertible, I mean... 
Yeah. I like, the, like the ending of Sideways. Love that ending where yeah. he walks up to her door and he knocks on the door. So you're like, great. He had the balls to at least go back and try. Right. And you don't know what she says. She could have said, get out of here, you liar. Or they could live happily ever after. He's not going to have changed that much. He's still going to yeah. be a depressing I feel like, And I feel like so. it's still a happy ending without and leaving a little and. Um, you know, a little ambiguity, yeah. a little bit, just, just, a, yeah. that would have been, I don't a, need a lot. I'd rather like, I think Paul, you've said in the past that you like the happy endings and maybe that's something people would be surprised at. Um, I would, I, would have I, I actually am kind of, I'd rather the more real ending to movies, even a comedy of that kind. I can deal with a little bit of the ambiguity to make it more interesting and leave it to my imagination as could they have overcome that really it, it makes it, it leaves those people as more realistic characters. I feel like in my comedies mind. are comedies are constantly at fault for this. Get him to the Greek is a perfect example. There's a there's a great scene where where at the end of the movie where he's singing, he's back on stage and he's happy, and Joan Hill's in bed with his girlfriend. The lights go out to the music, and then you're like, this was a great movie, and then they have that whole tacked on ending where he's, he's now producing producer. him. Yeah, this is wildly successful. Like, didn't need that. Comedies continuously do this. Like, they have a great comedy, and then they they. Just feel like they have to add that extra bit to explain to the audience that they got married, show the wedding. I hate, I hate all, like Forty Year Old Virgins. Another example of that. That comedy is way too long. What, uh, um, what do you think, Paul? Did Gross Point Blank hold up? Yeah, I gotta say it didn't, uh, only because my expectations are so high for this, based on the cast and the uh, the premise. Uh, I, I, I want to love this movie. I want it to be a timeless comedy. Uh, I want it to be a classic that I'm willing to put in you know and watch any time of year and it just isn't i honestly i own this movie at some point and uh it was like why do i still have this that's fair your expectations are totally it's, it's all based on expectations yeah. so i think if you keep your expectations low and rewatch this movie you're gonna have a good time and if you haven't seen it before i don't think this is a type of movie you can ruin like it doesn't matter if you know the ending it, it still could be entertaining i agree mm. i agree Okay, well, thanks for tuning in, folks. That's Gross Point Blank. We'll be back with another one next time. Hold up.